Every Day is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union with two locations in Mankato since 1934. It pays to bank where your part owner member NCUA more at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org. Good morning. On today's Everyday is Earth Day, we are talking about an EV scorecard. How effective is Minnesota when it comes to electric vehicles? Minnesota has done worse this year than it did last year. We're going to learn more from our guest. The future of electric, the states have been ranked on transportation electrification policies. We'll learn where Minnesota stands and we'll be talking with Peter Huther, who conducts research and analysis for the transportation program at the American Council for an Energy Efficient Economy. It focuses on light duty fuel efficiency and electric vehicles. And Peter works on promoting equitable access to electric vehicles and leads the annual life cycle emissions analysis of light duty vehicles for the organization's greenercars.org. Good morning, Peter. Good morning, Peter, thank you for having me. Yes, absolutely, I'm glad to have you on. This scorecard was just released. It says the 2023 State Transportation Electrification Scorecard evaluates U.S. states on their policies to encourage electric vehicles adoption. What does this mean? What is it all about? And how do you conduct such a study? Sure. So I guess I can start with how we do it. So this is a scorecard measuring states' actions to accelerate transportation electrification in their states as well as plan for the for the electric vehicles that are coming. So we look at states' policies across a number of policy areas, including planning, incentives, um, how are they integrating EVs onto the grid, how are they thinking about the transportation system as a whole, and then what are the outcomes that they're actually achieving in the states. And so we look at a number of uh, over 40 policies or 40 metrics covering lots of different policies that they're that they're undertaking much of this comes from federal sources data sources as well as just our own research to to evaluate this and this is the second edition of our scorecard we did uh, our first edition was in 2021 and so but we felt that with the amount of activity that's happened in the last two years alone around electric vehicles that it was worthwhile doing another edition of it And it says one of the reasons you do this is because transportation remains the largest source of greenhouse gas emissions in the United States and electric cars, buses and trucks cause consistently fewer emissions than the gas powered vehicles and may have a lower lifetime ownership cost thanks to the low fueling and maintenance expenses. So this organization that you've done this for, the American Council for an Energy Efficient Economy is a nonprofit, correct? Correct. Who do you do this for? Just anybody who's interested or the government or who? Sure. Yeah, it's for everyone, anyone who cares about um, how their state is doing. You know, clearly we want to, you know, we want states, especially, you know, state legislative officials, state government officials and advocates and actors in states to to look at what their state is doing and see where they can improve if they care about advancing transportation electrification. But of course, also people are disinterested in seeing how their their state stacks up. How does Minnesota rank in the whole scheme of things? Sure. So Minnesota is tied for 17th. They scored 30 and a half points out of 100, which is a little bit of a drop compared to last time where they where they ranked 12th. 
um, but they are continuing to they continue to be the leader in the Midwest and have and continue to do a lot of great work. And as I said, they've also passed you know recent legislation to improve the situation and provide even more incentives. So that was unfortunately past our deadline, but who's to say that that wouldn't have have uh, greatly improved their ranking? What do you think caused that drop from the 12th place last year to 17th for a tie this year? Sure. So some of it comes down to methodology changes uh, we did. We tried to, we upped the ambition for what it takes to gain a full score for certain metrics. So one of those is around planning metrics. We had two metrics for planning, one for light duty vehicles, personal passenger vehicles, and one for heavy duty trucks, buses, et cetera. And right now in the newest edition to gain the maximum number of points, you had to have adopted California's Advanced Clean Cars 2 and Advanced Clean Trucks rules, which Minnesota has yet to do. So that that hurt it a little bit there. As I said, some of the incentive stuff that has already passed wasn't included. So that also probably hurt it a little bit compared to last time. But there's Minnesota still does fairly well nationally. And as I said, still number one in the Midwest. Who is number one in the rankings or who are, let's say, the top five? Sure. So it may not come as a total surprise that the number one state for a second year is California. They are far and away the leader when it comes to, to EVs and transportation electrification in the country. Rounding out the top five are New York, which is again at number two, Colorado, Massachusetts, and Vermont. So you see outside of Colorado, it's a lot of the West Coast and Northeastern states, which have traditionally led on a lot of electrification and climate change policies more generally. Um, but you do see some some actors like Colorado, as well as Minnesota, um, not on the coast, that are also doing fairly well. How are our neighbors right around us, like the Dakotas and Iowa and Wisconsin doing? Are they close to us where we're at 17 in terms of ranking for the EV infrastructure, et cetera? Sure. So most of the Midwest does have a, a fair amount to improve. Illinois probably unsurprisingly, is the next best in the Midwest at 21st with 27 and a half points. Following that, the next closest would be Michigan, tied for 26th. And then Kansas and Iowa are 31st and 33rd, but the rest of the states actually unranked because if certain states are under 15 points out of 100, um, we actually chose not to make them officially ranked, although all of the points and scores for all 50 states plus DC are available in the appendix of our report. What do you think is that is that makes Minnesota a leader in these things? Is that our legislation? Sure. So it definitely comes down to, I'd say, you know, the legislation is good. There's a lot of utility action in the state. I think a lot of good utility policy around both accelerating the transition as well as being able to, you know, integrate EVs onto the grid. You know, there's a key role that utilities play in advancing transportation electrification, given that they're going to be the fuelers of all these vehicles. And Minnesota has has done a lot of good work around that. And states in general are key regulators of utilities. And so there's a lot states can do around that. Minnesota also does fairly well when it comes to incentives. It's has has a good number of incentives and spending programs. And as I said, more more in the works and more that recently passed. Um, so that's sort of why it, it leads ahead of some of the other states in the, in the region. Do you have any of the statistics of, let's say, where Minnesota is in percentage or 
how, how many EV electric vehicles do we have or the infrastructure, things that are significant in terms of helping us be number 17 versus not ranked at all? We do include, so we have four, we have multiple outcome metrics um, and we include ones for light duty or passenger vehicle, electric vehicles per capita, as well as heavy duty, and then both level two chargers, um, which are the kind you would have in your home, and DC fast chargers, which is the kind that are often at you know rest stops and, and the like. Um, and we so we include information on that per capita goes towards a score. And so for for Minnesota, for like light duty, for instance, um, it has two in our numbers it has 214 EVs per 100,000, which is about middle of the road, a little bit middle of the road for the country. And then in terms of heavy duty vehicles per capita, it has about 0.35 per 100,000 people, which might sound low, but you know, there's uh, there's not always as many trucks per capita as there are passenger vehicles, of course, but that is on the lower end, um, unfortunately. And uh, one of the information that I got from the organization was that the state has made significant progress toward optimizing its grid for EVs with both time varying level two charging rates and fast charging specific rates. And Minnesota has a significant amount of utility EV infrastructure investment in the pipeline, more than 325 million that makes it the state with the third largest proposed utility investment per customer in the country. So who are That's we behind great. in terms of that per customer investment then? Do you know? Oh, sure. The, the states with the highest in terms of investment per customer are are actually um, New Jersey and Colorado. So, oh. so yeah, there's a lot of utility action has, has happened around the country. Uh, Minnesota is definitely a leader and you're seeing definitely more and more happening on this front. What actually are the utilities doing? Sure, so utilities uh, are doing a lot of a lot of different things with this investment. It sort of depends on the approach that the utilities in the state are doing and what the utility commissions would like them to do. This can vary from a, a common element is what's called make ready programs, where the utility will essentially pay for the site, which can be your home, could also be a business, an apartment building, whatever. It'll, they'll pay for the cost to basically upgrade the electricity system to allow you to put in a charger yourself. So basically get it up to the level that it's ready for charging. Um, so that's a common element. Sometimes utilities will simply offer a rebate for chargers or for charging equipment that people want to purchase themselves to help them with that, you know, that with that upfront cost that comes from charging, especially at home. Another common thing is that utilities will help fleet operators who want to electrify. This could be municipal governments, this can be school districts, transit agencies, you know, delivery companies, what have you. Sometimes they'll also help with them in terms of providing services to help them with that process as well as providing incentives for them to upgrade their charging that they need in their depot or wherever they store their vehicles. Well, as you mentioned, this report was done before we passed some legislation, and I do believe that the state passed some legislation with additional funding for EVs and electric school buses. So that would have improved our ranking if the law had passed before your deadline. So that was just one example, I believe. Yes, correct. You do these studies, does it, incentivize states to do something, do you believe? I mean, Minnesota says, wow, we fell to number 17, or do you think they just kind of look at it and go, that's interesting. What have you heard 
in terms of what this does to hopefully motivate? I think it does make I think it does make an impact. I think states especially care how they rank compared to the states in their region or the states that they consider peers. I think there's some healthy competition, especially among states who are serious about EVs and serious about tackling climate change and poor air quality. I think another key element to this is that we present, you know, many, many policies that states could adopt. And as I said, most states are not doing all of them. And so there's lots of options that states can choose from, and they might not realize there are the variety of options that are out there. So we also hope that this opens kind of up the possibility um, for states to explore different things that they can do to improve the, the transportation system in their state. Why do you think that the Midwest has been so behind, with the exception of Minnesota being at 17, with the rest significantly down the, the rankings or not ranked at all? Is it the cold weather? Because a lot of times when we think of the EVs, people have always thought, well, you know, it's the battery life goes dead quickly because it's so cold. Has that been a factor, do you think, or is there something else working? I can't say whether or not that's been a factor that might have contributed to some hesitancy. I mean, there certainly is adoption, personal adoption of EVs in the Midwest. So people are definitely thinking, you know, for them, for their personal transportation, as well as for businesses, um, we are seeing adoption there. So I don't think the cold weather has necessarily stopped everyone. I think that there's there could be a number of different reasons why, you know, maybe they're a little bit behind. It could it could just be not something that they necessarily want to prioritize or it, maybe it's depending on, you know, we have seen a lot of activity very recently in terms of climate legislation in a number of states. And so maybe we just haven't seen the downstream effects of that um, in the transportation sector yet. But I, I'm hopeful that that the Midwest can do a lot more, especially as we see, you know, domestic automakers make big gains or big announcements around EVs and electrification. And with the federal government allocating, you know, historic levels of investment into EVs and EV charging infrastructure and battery manufacturing, um, I think it's only a matter of time before the Midwest and the rest of the country does a lot more to, to facilitate it. You mentioned Minnesota dropped in its ranking. Were there any states that had significant increases for one reason or another? Sure. So Colorado had a fairly good increase and they are now ranked third. Um, and that's in part, as I said, adoption of some of the California standards, as well as they've done a lot of work around heavy duty electrification specifically. Another state that has actually moved up a fair amount was a little bit surprisingly was Oklahoma, in part because they're still um, still somewhat lower ranked, but they did do a big jump in part because of the investments that they've made in fast charging infrastructure. So there's definitely a lot of options for states to do, um, and there's been a decent amount of movement. It has, it's you know, a lot of, a lot has happened in the past two years. So while I think overall the story has been somewhat similar, there has been some surprising movements in areas. What do you think is going to be the future? You, do you think we're going to eventually get all states interested enough to, to become ranked, especially in the Midwest? Mm-hmm. Are they going to have to, or is it a matter of they can just continue to do what they've been doing? I mean, I think they're going to have to, to some extent. You know, the EVs are coming, you know, whether they like it or not. Um, so at the very least, they need to be planning for the electric vehicles that are going to be on the roads. They need to be thinking constructively and investing in charging infrastructure. They need to be engaging with their utilities around how to best work these EVs onto the grid. You know, there's lots that they are are basically going to have to do. 
even if they don't want to necessarily you know go out of their way to increase adoption which of course we think they should you know there's no every state's going to have to do something you know we're already seeing that with some of the federal funding you know the nevi plans required every state to to submit a plan around how they're going to use this money so i think the conversation is already starting even in the states that are maybe a little farther behind Peter, many of the listeners of this particular segment are interested in environmental improvement, things we can do for climate, et cetera. So are there things that we could tell these listeners that they can do to help us move up the rankings in terms of being better ranked in this EV scorecard in terms of uh, transportation electrification policies, et cetera? Sure. I mean, I'd say I think just getting the conversation going in your communities around around EVs is important. I think as Minnesota already does have some, a lot of action happening at the state level um, in the state legislature, and that's great. And I think that should be supported. You know, they can think about, think about, you know, what, what can happen in their community in terms of, is their school district electrifying their school buses? That's something that I think a lot of people could probably individually do. They could also think about where best in their communities do they think chargers should go. That's really important information for government officials and utilities in terms of where they think is best. We don't necessarily score on it, but we think community engagement is a really important aspect of this. So I would encourage people to get involved in that regard and to recognize that electrification also is not just personal passenger vehicles, but it's you know trucks, it's buses public transit, which is also a key way to reduce transportation emissions. So yeah, so there's there's a lot they can do. And I think, you know, being involved and trying to set the agenda for what it looks like in their communities is important. Peter, I don't know if this is a part of your study or not, but for those who have been on the, the top of the list for being very well poised in EV use, like California, for example, have they run into any issues all of a sudden, you know, they've got so much infrastructure and they're doing pretty good in terms of the positive, but have they found things that maybe they've run into saying, oh, obstacles or concerns that has made them maybe take a step back that others who are looking for this, toward this, could learn from? That's a good question. I'd say California, they've obviously done a lot. We don't necessarily evaluate whether or not we think the level of investment they've done or the amount of charging infrastructure they've done is appropriate. They could probably have even more given the number of EVs on the road. So that could be potentially be an area where they might want to think more about. I'd say also probably, you know, they've, for reasons not necessarily related to electric vehicles, have a lot of grid related issues. And so they've had to think more than others, I think, about those con- those concerns and you know we would definitely encourage other states to really actively plan the utility investments that are necessary for the transition it's certainly possible and evs aren't going to wreck the grid but you know there does need to be some thoughtful planning uh, that california for many reasons is also really grappling with because there's always arguments against so i was just curious if they've had any issues that would be a reason for people to have more resistance in in going to the goal. Say anything else you think is important for folks to know about this EV scorecard and what it's all about? No, I think I think that's that covers it. We really encourage people to to read it, to to dive into it, look at all the different areas that states could could be involved in. You know, look at how different states are ranked. We've made some methodology changes to emphasize equity more and to emphasize 
heavy duty electrification more, especially school buses. So people might be interested to look at some of the changes we've done in that regard. Um, and yeah, I hope everyone really enjoys the, the scorecard. What is the equity part? What is What do you mean by that? In our last edition, we actually had a separate chapter related to equity, but we actually heard from a lot of community groups that they felt that that meant that equity was an add-on or something separate from from all the other policy areas. And we actually decided to integrate it throughout, given that it's important that equity be considered in every process throughout the process, not just something to tack on at the end. Um, but we've also increased the number of points from of the overall scorecard that go towards actions related to equity. So it went from 10 to 17 and a half points out of 100. So this is things around do states have specific programs for low-income communities, environmental justice communities, or underserved communities? Do they consider them in planning? Are utilities investing in these communities specifically? Is there things like a used EV incentive, which really helps low-income drivers, especially um, who generally are buying used vehicles, not new vehicles? Um, so there's lots of different areas in equity um, that we think are important, and we try to emphasize that a little bit more in this scorecard. Do you immediately start working on the next year's study or what, what happens next? No, next is really if states have questions about what they can be doing, we're happy to talk with them. No immediate plans for the next scorecard, not, not starting it um, at the moment, but um, welcome insights into how it can be improved for next time as well. Some of the other things that I work on personally are around, so the greener cars product you mentioned is a life cycle assessment. So it looks at the emissions through the whole process of um, both from producing to using to um, disposal of vehicles, both electric and gasoline. There's been a lot of discussion recently about the the impact that EVs do have. And I think this the greener cars product puts it in perspective, while also acknowledges that there are, there is an impact to to electric vehicles from the emissions they produce upstream to the emissions needed to build the battery packs in the vehicles. Um, and I think that's something that policymakers should be seriously looking at um, if we want to, you know, limit the environmental and climate impact from transportation overall. At this point, do the EVs create more of an environmental impact than the other, the, the regular vehicles in your studies? No, they definitely have a, a less impact for sure. But there is some variance, you know, there are lesser and there are EVs that, you know, there's the EV Hummer, which is certainly going to have a bigger impact um, on the environment than say the Chevy Bolt. So there is some variance, but generally EVs are by far a better option than their gasoline counterparts for sure. They produce less emissions over the life cycle, you know, more upfront, but certainly less while using it. And as the grid decarbonizes that those emissions are only going to decrease. What is the website people can go to to see this report? So this will be uh, on our website at acee.org. Which stands for the American Council for an Energy Efficient Economy. We have been talking with Peter Huther, who conducts research and analysis for the transportation program with this organization. Peter, thank you for your time. And we'll look forward to the next report you come up with. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. You bet. Bye-bye. Every Day is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union. With two locations in Mankato since 1934, it pays to bank where your part owner member NCUA. More at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org. 
O-R-G. 